Council. ESPN 94.1 FM at 8 present The Drive. Brought to you by Huntington Federal Savings Bank. Local then, local now. Never FDIC. It is Monday, January 13th. Good Drive begins now on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. I'm your host, Paul Swan, here today at the Union Pub and Grill, 1125 4th Avenue in Huntington. Of course, joining me today, the former Young Thundering Herd quarterback, Dave Walsh. And you can be a part of the program by calling the Miller Lite phone lines at 877-420-TALK. That is 877-420-8255. Miller Lite, hold true, great taste, only 96 calories. It is the original light beer, Dave. And, of course, today here at the Union Pub and Grill, what we usually do on a Monday is we look back at the weekend that was Marshall basketball. More specifically, we look back at the Saturday game. We've, yes. We're done with the Thursday game. Yeah. We've moved on, and hopefully the herds moved on from the Saturday game as well. uh, Watched it on the computer, and it's hard to believe seven free throws for the game, all by one guy. That's that's very rare, any team in college basketball. Tavion Kenzie shot seven, made six. Nobody else went to the stripe. Much was made about UAB shooting 30, and uh, they won the ball game. Marshall only gets 50 points. That's her season low. And the lowest total under D'Antoni since uh, five years ago when he scored 45. That was brought up by the announcer the other night as they signed off. He was shocked. Like, he was kept going, well, first one to 50 a win. He was pretty close. Well, UAB didn't actually just go out and roll over Marshall. No, Marshall really did it to themselves because you look at the numbers. And, of course, facts don't lie. 20 of 48 shooting for UAB. Okay. That's okay. That's not yeah. bad. Three-pointers. They hit one of seven. One. And free throws, 20 of 31. There you go. That's the big one right there. You circled that one because Marshall shot 20 of 46. I'm sorry, 20 of 60, right. 4 of 26 from the three-point line. They were 6 of 7, all from Tavion Kinsey from the free throw line. But Marshall committed. And I know there's going to be some argument that Marshall maybe not the architect of some of those <laughs> fouls, of course. You they ask, it, you ask any fan, yeah. their team does not foul no, for the most part. They do not. The home team, the good guys, the yeah. team you root for, they do not commit any problems whatsoever. No, 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 none of that. Well, the officials at the UAB game kind of saw it differently. They saw that Marshall was out there committing a lot of fouls. And I really don't know if some of that was – they just didn't want to let him play. I, I mean, we saw some calls that didn't get called. We saw some – ticky tax type. Yeah, we saw things like maybe traveling a few times. I mean, it wasn't the, the best officiated game, period. No. But Marshall did not get a chance to get to the free throw know, line very often. I'm sure Danny would – he took a little exception, I think, after the ball game. But uh, I've always thought, like, you're a visiting team. We throw the ball up. The first five minutes of the game, the referee's going to tell you, we're going to let you play. Or if you breathe wrong, it's going to be a foul, and you have to adjust accordingly. And I'm, you know, and they just kept fouling, fouling, and fouling. And and I don't know if UAB backed off. I did see a little bit of zone that made Marshall not get the ball inside, shoot the three. And you know, when Danny said, "Hey, 426 will get you beat. Forget the free throws. 426 will not win you many ball games. 20 of 60 will get you beat. Yes, <laughs> not just four of 26. Yeah. 20 of 60, and that's the thing. Marshall could have hit a few more shots. Yeah. They're there. Next thing you know, it's a different composure here. Even, even it's a different, co- yeah, it's a different game. You know, UAB's up, but even late in the game, Marshall gets it under ten, under eight, under five with a possession, but could never get that one stop or one hoop that would make it really interesting. No, and a lot of players were playing with fouls. Andrew Taylor, he just disappeared. Where did I don't know, where, where did he, he go? This trip? 
He was a no-show. Two of nine in this game, 0 of six from the three-point line. Yes. He had four rebounds, also playing with four fouls. And you know what? Four points, four fouls, a couple of assists, but that's three turnovers. Fours. That's not the fours Danny wants. No. He had two steals, one block, <laughs> yeah. just a, a 29 minutes. But for the most part, where was he at? The guy that was really present, of course, was Tavion Kinsey. Right. We had mentioned 7 of 15 in this game. He was 6 of 7 from the free throw line. And so that's where a lot of his points came. Rebounding, he had a couple on the defensive glass, and he was out there playing with three fouls at one point. But 20 points from him, 35 minutes. Tavion's really your your bright spot. And yeah. Jared West, of course, you always have to give Jared West credit. Yeah. Even with 12 points, he's out there, 5 of 13 playing, 2 of 7 from the three-point line. He brings you four rebounds. He was playing only with two fouls. They weren't finding him. No. The officials didn't find him very often. No. He was – and, I, you know, watching it, he was still scrappy. I mean, he – the guy with UAB bringing the ball up, Jared was uh, all over him, making, trying to make things tough. But uh, they were able to do enough to, to win the ball game. I mean, 61 points, you think, against Marshall. That's not going to be enough, but it was. It was. And now Marshall, as you mentioned in the office, Charlotte, no to you coming to town. Charlotte leads the league. Another guy that needs to find yeah. his shot quickly is Jansen Williams. In that uh, yes. game, he had three points. Yeah. 13 minutes, three points. He was one of three shooting, all from the three-point line. He brought you one rebound. He was playing with three fouls. He had a steal. He had a block. He had a turnover. You know, I usually praise him for some defensive effort. Yeah. Uh, I don't know I, what happened to him. Really I, I didn't think know. he was a factor in this game at all. With last three or four games home and away, it's just like where has number three gone? He blocks a few here and there, but uh, the you know, patented three-pointer that he was making last year, that suddenly disappeared. It has disappeared, and, uh, you know, that's one weapon they were counting on that's not there right now. And Iron Bennett was pretty much taken out of this yes. game, it feels like. 30 minutes, he's out there with four fouls at one point. He gets only four points, two of seven shooting. Yeah. But he's really not a factor as well. Or he rebounds, he was there. Six rebounds, yeah. four defensive class, two on the offensive side. And he was he was a – I mean, he was present. He right. was a president and accounted for. You just didn't get the point output you want from him. Yeah, and pretty much the score sheet's almost clean after that. Yeah. But I'm sure Danny's probably going, we've got to get more touches for the man underneath. Somehow, some way. He got the first two of the game, and all of a sudden it's just like, where did the next one go? You know, down under, boom, and with things we've seen at the Henderson Center, and all of a sudden it just that, this, everything disappeared. Marshall had 11 steals in that game. Yeah. UAB had eight. Marshall had two blocks, well under their yes. average. UAB had five. Marshall had 14 tw turnovers. UAB 20. So, look, 14 turnovers. turnovers. Yeah, 14 turnovers for Marshall, 20 for UAB. And here's the strange stat, one assist for UAB in the entire Boy. game, one assist, yeah. seven for the herd. And you go down, you look at the hustle points. Okay, how many points did UAB get in the paint? 22. Marshall yeah. at 14. That's, yeah, that's how, usually the way it goes. How many points off turnovers? 14 for the herd, 11 for UAB. Second chance points, that's a big number there because you look at rebounds. Marshall had 29 rebounds. UAB had 48. Right. Second chance points, Marshall at four, UAB nine. So, really, UAB didn't take advantage of the second chance opportunities yeah. as much. So, you might criticize this team, but don't criticize them defensively. They hold UAB under what they average. UAB has 61 points. And if yeah. you tell me that Marshall's holding UAB to 61 points, Marshall wins the game in my mind. You would think. You would think. 
nine times out of ten, but that was the one out of the ten that it wasn't meant to be. Wasn't meant to be, and I, and I know that when you watch Danny after the game, a quick handshake to uh, the opposing coach and uh, off to the locker room, and I really don't know. It would have been nice to be a fly on the wall to see what was said after that one. Or he just may have said, heck with it. Hey, that's a loss. Let's forget it and go on, and uh, we got to take down Charlotte now. I don't know how you go into the locker room and, and just look at these guys. and 50 points. 50. You don't. You don't tear them down. No. You got to build them back up because no. I'm sure they feel bad as well. Oh yeah, nobody feels worse than they do. Right. I mean, Tavion Kinsey at 20 points. You think he cares right now? No. Yeah, no, 20 out of the 50. Right. And so Marshall's got to figure out the lineup. Marshall's got to figure out what they're doing wrong here, or is the formula out on what the start, uh, what to do to stop them? Well, but this uh, game, I don't know how to take this game. I mean, we saw what North Texas did a little bit. Yeah. And another night, I saw a lot of times when UAB would mix things up, but they did throw a lot of zone in there and really kept them on the perimeter. And when you're going 426, hey, let them shoot. Don't get it inside. Let them shoot from perimeter. 426, we'll take we'll take that. And they probably have seen the scout and thought, okay, this is a team that they think they're a three-point shooting team, but they're not. No. They're not very good from the three-point line right now. I mean, no. 4 of 26. Yeah. You know, and I was looking at the stats today. You know, you know the number 14 team in free throw shooting? Marshall. They're last in the conference in shooting free throws. Of course, the other night didn't matter. They only shot seven, maybe no. six. But didn't mind, I mean, it's hard to all. believe there that they're, you know, the, la- the worst shooting foul team is them. They're struggling for offense right yeah. now. And they got to they do some work between now and Thursday because, hey, top team in the league's in town. UAB Charlotte, we're going to, you know, we're going to move on to them. We're going to move on to Old Dominion. Right. We're going to take your phone calls, 877-420-TALK, 877-420-8255, as we're here today at the Union Pub and Grill. And as um, we all know, there's a reason why you come to the Union Pub and Grill on a Monday, because you get take advantage of $2 right. call shots, $1.50 bottles every Monday here at the Union Pub and Grill. we got more on the way. Paul Swan and Dave Walsh with you here. It's The Drive, ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Now, back to The Drive with Paul Swan on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Okay, it's just me now. We have kicked Dave Walsh from the broadcast position. Okay, not really. What has happened is Dave is uh, now on assignment. Tim Stevens calls him up earlier from the Herald-Dispatch, puts him on assignment. So, it's just me for the rest of the show, and uh, we'll take your phone calls, 877-420-TALK, 877-420-8255, to be a part of the Miller Lite phone lines. Miller Lite, hold true, great taste, only 96 calories. It is the original light beer, and, of course, today coming to you to you live from the Union Pub and Grill, 1125 4th Avenue in Huntington. Do it every Monday here. Of course, you can take advantage of the specials. We've got $2 call shots. We have got $1.50 bottles every Monday here at the Union Pub and Grill. Of course, we've been talking basketball and the Thundering Herd not doing so well on the road against UAB. And that was a weird game also. And I'm not saying this has anything to do with it, but it was just a weird game because the weather was a factor. If you remember on Saturday, weather was kind of really – 
crazy in Huntington as well because we were getting parts of that storm, and there was just torrential downpours. We had some power outages, and they were experiencing some of the same types of weather in the Birmingham area. So the decision was made since that weather line was coming in. Instead of playing that game early when the weather was going to hit and the weather was still going to be a factor when Marshall would wrap up and then try to travel and get out of the Birmingham area, it was decided, okay, just take the game, push it back a few hours. By the time it's over, hopefully that line of showers, storms, was out of the area and out of the flight path, and Marshall wouldn't have to leave and be in a situation where they're just dealing with that nasty stuff. And and that's fine, but still, it was just a weird situation because we're sitting there waiting a few extra hours for the game, and really not a big crowd for this one. 2,542 show up to see UAB, and I don't know if... They were going to get any more of a crowd, to be quite honest with you. It's not as if schools in Conference USA are definitely filling up their arenas, and UAB is also among those, just not having that much success attendance-wise. But as far as Conference USA standings are concerned, now that we've got a few games under our belt, uh, we are starting to see some patterns here with what you've got as far as maybe the top teams, maybe the bottom teams, and there's still plenty of time to be quite honest with you, because Marshall is now in a situation where they're, they're in pod two. If it all ended today, Marshall's in pod two. Marshall now is going to try to dig themselves out of that, and they've got an opportunity here. If they can beat two of the top teams in the standings in Conference USA, they would definitely shake things up, and they've got that opportunity coming up this week with Old Dominion and, of course, with Charlotte coming in. And now... If you look at just where everything is at, standings-wise, Charlotte's 3-0 in league. 3-0 in league. They're 9-5 overall, but they're 3-0 in league, and they're starting to develop sort of a hot hand. They've gone 7 of 10 in their last 10, 7 wins, 3 losses. and They're on a three-game win streak, and, of course, all those games come in conference. Uh, Louisiana Tech's 3-1. Florida Atlantic's 3-1. Western Kentucky's 3-1. Uh, North Texas 3-1, and one, and then Old Dominion's 2-1 and one in league play. And then you got FIU sitting at 2-2. Two and two. UAB is 2-2. Two and two. UTSA is 2-2. Two and, two. and then Marshall right there flirting with that last spot in the pod. They are 2-2 two and two as well. And then you got UTEP at 1-3. Rice is at 1-3. Middle and Southern all 0-4. But Charlotte right now, with an overall record of 9-5, and five, they're your top team in Conference USA only because they haven't lost yet. And Old Dominion's right, right behind them at 2-1. and one. But you've got those other teams in the middle right now. And it's, it's going to sort out soon. But Louisiana Tech at 3-1, and one, uh, that doesn't surprise me. They're 12-4 and four overall now. Uh, Florida Atlantic at 11-6, that doesn't necessarily surprise me. Western Kentucky at 10-6. and six. Again, doesn't necessarily surprise me there. Uh, UAB, I was surprised that they hadn't won yet when Marshall got a hold of them the other day. And, of course, Marshall and Western Kentucky uh, both found out that uh, UAB's got a little bit more to them than what they dealt with the first week of Conference USA. And you look at how these teams are doing it. And you just you start with Charlotte. Charlotte right now is 8-1 and at home. Uh, they are 1-4 on the road. And they're 8-1 and one at home. So they've been fortunate to get games at home and win. Louisiana Tech, 
they're eight and zero at home as well. Florida Atlantic's nine and one at home. Western Kentucky's six and one at home. Uh, FIU, even though they're two and two in conference, they're seven and zero at home. UAB's eight and two at home. Just looking at these home records, UTSA seven and one. Then you got Marshall five and four at home, and on the road, Marshall's two and five. Last ten, Marshall's gone six and four. But more importantly, they lose, and now they are two and two in conference play. The bad news here is that this is a team that offensively scores a lot of points, could not find a way to score. I mean, Marshall right now, uh, this is through all games, Marshall's averaging 75.3 a contest now, and they're giving up 71.4. And Marshall defensively has been solid, but they get limited. I mean, they seriously got limited in that contest against UAB. And if you just look at the conference standings alone now, I mean, right now, scoring offense, Marshall in conference, seventh in conference, 70.5. Their average has dropped a little bit. So in conference play, they're averaging 70.5 points a contest, and that is seventh. Scoring defense, Marshall is eighth, giving up 68. Now, Charlotte is giving up 51, and Rice is giving up 79, just to give you the uh, the top and bottom of the spectrum. Uh, scoring margin, Marshall right now is um, at a plus 2.5 differential, so that's still good. Again, seasons long, this is just a four-game snapshot of what's in conference so far. Marshall in conference also, as far as their free throw percentage, they are 10th in conference. Field goal percentage, Marshall and it went down. Marshall is third in conference in field goal percentage. Field goal defense, Marshall's fifth. Three-point shot, though. Marshall, I thought this would be worse, actually, but Marshall's ninth. And these are all conference games only. This is action in league play. UAB from the three-point line, they are dead last. Four games in, they have hit three. I'm sorry, they've hit ten, and they have uh, attempted 57. Marshall, in comparison, they are 26 of 87 in conference. And, you know, we could go down the line just looking at some of the stats, but Marshall and rebounding. Uh, Marshall, rebound offense of four games. Marshall has rebounded 142 times and an average of 35 and a half. They are sixth in rebounding. Defensively, though, Marshall is uh, ninth in league play. Block shots, though, they lead Conference USA, even in conference play. Four games in, averaging six block shots a contest. That's gone down, though, after the disappointment of UAB. And so you just go down the list and you, you see where Marshall stacks up right now. But just kind of give you an idea of what Marshall looks like as far as where they're at in conference. Marshall, as we mentioned, 2-2. Two and two. Um, in four games, Marshall has um, an average score of 70.5 to 68. So that's what a Marshall basketball game looks like right now. Marshall usually average score 70.5 to 68. And you kind of want to separate yourself a little bit more in conference because if you keep them close like that, you might not win a few of those. And Marshall has not had an opportunity to really – break away from uh, the good teams in Conference USA. To be fair, I mean, Rice is 1-3. Marshall beat Rice. Marshall beat Rice, which is 1-3. And Marshall beat Middle Tennessee at 0-4. Oh 
Marshall lost to North Texas, which is 3-1 and one league play, and UAB, which is 2-2. Two and two. But UAB was 0-2 going into this weekend's conference action or last weekend's conference action, and now they're 2-2. Two and two. They're improving, and Marshall sitting there looking at 2-2 two and two as well, trying to figure out how do they get themselves out of this situation? How do they start moving up a little bit. And, again, we're talking four games. So the good news is it's only four games. Now, I was mentioning attendance. Here's where UAB stacks up. UAB attendance-wise, they've had two home games. They've averaged 2,464. Uh, that's conference. Um, not bad. In conference, they are okay. But still, 2,464. Marshall in two conference games averaging – 5,400. It's slightly below Old Dominion 6,018. It is right there with UTEP's 5,176. But Marshall, Old Dominion, UTEP for the most part, Western Kentucky, they're averaging a little over 4,000 as well. So they're bringing the fans in. But that's what your home average is right now. So I wasn't expecting a big crowd from UAB. I just, I really didn't think UAB was going to pack the fans, and especially with the fact that you kind of changed the whole dynamic of that game. And just to kind of give you a snapshot again of UAB, why I I didn't think that the atmosphere was a factor in that one. It was just more of a a Marshall trying to figure out what they need to do to get their shot. And you look at attendance overall for UAB, UAB in 10 home games averaging 2,732. So I really knew going into that game wasn't going to be a loud, raucous full environment. It wasn't going to be a game in which the crowd was going to be on top of the herd every minute of that contest. And, and so, yeah, you're disappointed in that game. You're disappointed more in the Marshall performance than anything. But that was a game Marshall could have won. I'm going to be quite candid with you. Marshall could have won that game. You hit more of your shots, and you figure out what they're doing to, to cause fouls. I mean, that was UAB. UAB was able to generate fouls. Give them credit. They took advantage of Marshall. Marshall was not able to hit those shots. Marshall took a lot of shots and could not sink them. And so inside, they weren't really able to to go in and and get those two points. Instead, they had to settle for three-point looks. And and I get it. Marshall is a team that likes to shoot and likes to hit the three-point shot. But it just wasn't working for the herd. On top of the fouls, Thundering Herd didn't have a chance in this one against UAB. And if uh, these two teams meet maybe again, I think Marshall might have a, a, a different answer for them if Marshall can figure out the shooting. That's the thing. Marshall's got to figure out the shooting situation, and, and I know it's easier said than done right now. But overall, Thundering Herd has an opportunity now to take on a couple of the better teams in Conference USA standing-wise, and if Marshall can at least show some hope, show some life, I think it'll be all right. But here's the dark side of that. Marshall's taking on a... Old Dominion and Charlotte back and back, Marshall could end up losing both those games. And then they've got Western Kentucky to contend with. I mean, that that's the worst-case scenario for the Herd right now. They could lose their next four because it's Charlotte and Old Dominion and it's Western Kentucky and then Western Kentucky again. I mean, that's a nightmare situation for the Thundering Herd, to be honest, to go into the next part of the schedule on a four-game, five-game losing streak here because this is a tough stretch. Charlotte, Old Dominion, Western Kentucky, then Western Kentucky again. And then they've got FIU and Florida Atlantic on the road, and then they've got Southern Miss and La Tech. 
One of those could be an easy win. One of those maybe not so much. But I don't know where you're going to start racking up wins here because I think Charlotte and Old Dominion are probably going to be two of the tougher challenges right away. And then Western Kentucky coming in, and that game should be, I hope, full of herd fans rooting on Marshall against Western Kentucky because that should be an exciting game. But at the same time, I'm not circling that game as winnable either. To be quite honest, I don't know here in the next five, six games which one's winnable. I'm not going to guarantee Charlotte or Old Dominion and Western Kentucky. I'm just going to have to sit back and see, see what kind of hurt team shows up. And then FIU and Florida Atlantic. Those could be tough as well going down to Florida to take on those two squads. And then you got to hope that you're in the top five because we're running out of games at that point before we get into pod play. Southern Miss, probably a win. UTSA, UTEP, eh, we'll see. But that's at UTEP and that's at UTSA. Interesting schedule to say the least. But the good news is, I think Marshall can do better than what they did at UAB. We're just going to have to find out now if they can do better and if they will do better. All right, we'll get some of your phone calls in, 877-420-TALK, 877-420-8255. Paul Swan rolling solo here at the Union Pub and Grill here on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. It's The Drive with Paul Swan on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Coming up tonight, starting at 6.30, our pregame coverage begins with the national championship game. It's going to be LSU and Clemson live from New Orleans. We'll have that for you as, again, our pregame coverage begins at 6.30 right here on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. And, of course, Quarterback play is going to be key in this one because you're looking at possibly some of the top draft picks in the NFL playing in this one tonight, including Joe Burrow completing 77.0% of his passes this season. He's on pace to break the FBS single-season record for a completion percentage of 76.7%, which was set by Texas's Colt McCoy. That was back in 2008. Also, he's going to have to deal with that Clemson defense. Clemson defense isn't giving up anything. They are a defense that likes to go after the quarterback. They are tied with Pittsburgh right now for the second most sacks when blitzing this season. You've got Joe Burrow, Trevor Lawrence. Really, you probably got number one in 2020 as Joe Burrow going to the Cincinnati Bengals. And if it doesn't happen, I'm done being a Bengals fan. I'm just putting that out there right now. And you've got Trevor Lawrence. Trevor Lawrence. This is probably going to be one of the top draft picks in 2021. One of the best quarterback matchups you could possibly come up with. This would be a huge national championship game tonight. And, of course, how do you stop Joe Burrow? How do you stop that LSU offense? I mean, this is the team that has just been blowing teams away all season long. And it's going to be interesting tonight to watch this one because I don't think they faced a defense like Clemson. But here's the thing. Has LSU's defense faced an offense like Clemson? That's a good question. It's not going to be LSU's offense versus Clemson's defense. I think it's going to be what happens with LSU's defense when they face off against Clemson's offense. That's probably going to be the big factor here. If LSU's defense can stand them up, then it's an LSU game. If Clemson can find some holes and they can get some offense going, I think we've got a shootout here, and then all of a sudden we're going to have a wild national championship game. But if you're going to put me down on a pick, I'm going to have to take LSU in this one. 
I'm going to have to take LSU only because I just think they've got too many weapons. I think Joe Burrow is probably heads and shoulders above everyone else quarterback-wise, and I don't think Clemson's going to offer anything drastically different than anyone else has had an opportunity to when facing LSU. And, of course, we got a Heisman winner who's actually living up to the hype, right? And, of course, as the number one pick, he's going to the Bengals. Again, I'm guaranteeing that. If something different happens completely, uh, I'm looking for a new NFL team. I'm just going to put that out there right now. I'm also looking for an NFL team right now for the playoffs because I don't have anybody. I'm not a, necessarily a Seahawks fan, so I didn't lose any sleep over the Seahawks getting beat by the Packers. So I guess I'm going to have to root for the Packers because they're taking on the 49ers. And I can't stand the 49ers. I absolutely loathe the, the 49ers. And I'm still looking back at a couple of Super Bowls that the 49ers won over the Cincinnati Bengals. That's how far my dislike for the 49ers goes, all the way back to the 80s, back in those Super Bowl days. And, of course, the Packers are going to have to take on the 49ers. And on the other side of this, let, let me ask you right now, how many of you were sitting there thinking, oh, no, this is going to be a runaway when Houston jumped out? and scored 24 unanswered in that first quarter. How many of you were sitting there, oh, this is over? You're watching the game. They jump out, and you're thinking, okay, it's over. Kansas City, they're going to just bust right here. And then you see Kansas City just storm back. And I think, was it 1.7 drives, seven touchdowns? Then they had to settle for the field goal, if I remember, because I lost track of all the touchdowns, to be quite honest. And that was probably one of the most exciting NFL games I've seen in a long time. It was one of the greatest – well, probably it was the greatest comeback. Score-wise, it was the greatest comeback I've ever seen or heard about. Now, we're talking NFL football. I'm never going to ever say that Marshall's comeback ever was overshadowed by anything else, you know, dropping over 60 points on a team. Coming back, I'm not. I'm not going to. I'm not going to go that far. I, I got to remain. I got to have some street cred here. But let's be realistic. All of us thought Kansas City was done, and the next thing you know, they start coming back and start coming back, and and now they're going to have to deal with the Tennessee Titans. And let me tell you right now, I didn't see that one coming. I don't think anyone saw that coming. If you did, you know more than I do. And I'd like to. Um, I'd like to talk to you just for a second because I've got a. I've got a sponsorship here with a promo code that will get us some uh, betting credit. I'm just telling you right now, if you saw that coming and you actually saw that one coming, uh, we need to talk because I need to supplement my income here. But that's a different story for another day. Uh, we're coming to you today live from the Union Pub and Grill, where tonight, if you're looking to watch the national championship game, here's the place to do that. This is the place to do that. Union Pub and Grill, and you can take advantage of their Monday specials, $1.50 bottles, $2 call shots. It's every Monday here at the Union Pub and Grill, 1125 4th Avenue in Huntington. It is the place to be, and, of course, it is the home of the Southern Bell as well. You can have a Southern Bell watching the national championship tonight on all of the televisions here. That's what you can expect. And, of course, with this being an ESPN broadcast, it's going to be on different channels. They're going to have different feeds, every single possible feed. Why would you try to stay home and watch that? No, you come here. Herb will have probably a different championship feed 
on every single television. So you can watch it all here tonight at the Union Pub and Grill. We'll continue on. We'll make time for your phone calls as well as you're driving home. 877-420-TALK, 877-420-8255. More on the way, the drive here at ESPN, 94.1 FM and AM 930. Paul Swan has the wheel on the drive. ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Welcome back to the Monday edition of the drive here on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Today coming to you from the Union Pub and Grill, 1125 4th Avenue in Huntington, where we're here every Monday. You can, of course, join us for the Monday special. $1.50 bottles, $2 call shots. It's every Monday here at the Union Pub and Grill. Of course, this is the best place to watch the national championship game tonight, but uh, some more championship hardware handed out. Well, the actual hardware will be handed out later, but the titles were bestowed today because, again, once again, uh, Marshall's voice of the herd, Steve Cotton, is the National Sports Media Association West Virginia Sportscaster of the Year. And Marshall's herd word, what do we call him? What do we call Chuck McGill? The word on the herd, he's the guy who uh, basically has everything interesting you possibly want to read about the herd all in one convenient place at herdzone.com. He, of course, also is the athletic director for fan donation engagement and communications. He is the state's sports writer of the year. So um, it's a dynasty. Steve Cotton right now is like the North Dakota state of West Virginia sportscasters. I mean, he could be like the North Dakota state of just sportscasters, period, because this is his 14th Sportscaster of the Year award. That's a state record. And it's his fourth consecutive win. Let me put it to you this way. He's got more hardware than anybody when it comes to this award. North Dakota State has appeared in eight championship games, and they've won eight. I mean, it's pretty much almost automatic here. And, of course, Chuck McGill's building that dynasty as well. Uh, he's the guy that has been calling herd athletics since 1996 as far as the as the voice. He's been with Marshall a lot more, but as the voice, 1996, and recently calling his 1,000th game. That's football and basketball. If you add baseball, he's been doing even more. And, of course, he has taken the lead by a lot. As we mentioned, He's now ahead of guys like Jack Fleming, who's at nine of these. Keith Morehouse has won it five times. And so Steve has won it 14 times, which that's saying something because you look at Jack Fleming, and let me tell you, it doesn't matter if you're a West Virginia fan or not, Jack Fleming was a hell of a broadcaster. And, of course, you know Keith Morehouse, uh, one of my favorite people on the earth. And Keith does a fantastic job. He's won it five times. And then you got Chuck McGill. I, mean, I can't say anything more about this guy other than he is a, a professional. He has an engaging way of telling stories. Guy's always been uh, very generous with his time. He's you know, someone who is – been a fantastic addition for Marshall Athletics, and uh, I just can't say enough about him. And he has uh, won the award every year since he started at Marshall, and he won it prior to that. So uh, I don't know how many ways I can compliment Chuck McGill, but 
I'm sure when talking to Chuck here in the next few days, Chuck will come up with some ways for me to compliment him, and it all will be well-deserved because uh, the guy does a tremendous job. And let me tell you, to have the sportscaster of the year uh, and the sports writer of the year all telling the Marshall story is really a feather in the cap for the university because, you know, as Marshall's not recognized as the state university, uh, you need guys who can tell the story to get it out. And when you listen to a Steve broadcast, a Steve Cotton broadcast, uh, you know it's always engaging, and you, you read what Chuck has to say, and it's always uh, an interesting story, and he tells it well. So uh, I think Marshall's very blessed to have these two uh, working for the university. And, of course, uh, as Hurt fans, uh, you should take pride knowing that the, the guy that's uh, been calling your games forever – it feels like Steve Cotton has um, been honored once again and the guy who's writing and telling the story of Marshall Athletics in the written form and the online form as far as stories for you to read and, and ways to engage with the herd, this guy being named the Sports Writer of the Year. So it's a, it's a pretty big deal. And, of course, uh, I, will, I will declare Steve Cotton the – I mean, you get a, like a championship belt – that's what Steve should get. Marshall should just you know, give him a championship belt uh, because he's not only the North Dakota State of, of sports play-by-play announcers. I mean, he could be the Ric Flair of sports announcers. Let me see. How many titles does Ric Flair have? I should know that off the top of my head, you, but it changes something. Okay. Ric Flair is officially recognized by the WWE as a 16-time world champion. Um, but the reigns vary. Ric Flair is claimed to be a 21-time champion, so from 16 to 25, just depending on what organization. So Steve's at 14 right now. We recognize 14 titles for Steve. So if we're going to go by WWE as the standard 16-time world champion, I, I think two more, and then on the third one, when he breaks 17, we get the gold belt. I don't know if that's in the athletic budget for Marshall, but the gold belt, for Steve Cotton, he could just wear the strap, just carry the strap when he's coming to the broadcast. I mean, think about it. That could be the guy that um, has the, the gold strap that all the young broadcasters look up to over at WMUL, the student radio station. And, you know, Dr. Bailey, who is the professor in charge of the organization, could, could look to Steve and, and point to him and tell those youngsters, hey, um, you want to be that guy? I mean, you're going to have to work pretty hard because he's racked up 14 state broadcaster awards and on his way to more because I don't see the guy stopping anytime soon. And that's really – you don't see that in television the way you do in radio. I mean, you get a good one for radio, and they decide that they love what they do, where they do it at, and they decide to stick around. I mean, that's your guy telling your stories for years because he's going to have stories that probably no one else will have – when it's all said and done, except for Woody Woodrum. Woody was uh, here at the dawn of time for, for sports. Miss my guy Woody. We'll have to get him back on the show sometime. Uh, Dave Walsh, we appreciate him for stepping in for a, a hot minute as he is covering St. Joe Athletics this evening. For Gabriel Sellers back in the studio, I'm Paul Swan. Thanks for joining us here today at the Union Pub and Grill. Always have fun on the Monday, and we appreciate this is the place to be to have that fun. Back tomorrow on the Tuesday edition to do it all over again. We'll be back in the studio. Looking forward to it. We'll talk about this national championship game that's coming up and get you set for Herd Athletics coming up this week with Charlotte Old Dominion then swinging over to Western Kentucky for uh, the following week.
That's going to do it for this edition. Thanks for tuning in. Don't forget, you miss any part of the show, you can catch it on the podcast. All you have to do is find us on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher Radio, or wherever you get your podcast. Good night, everyone. WRBC Huntington, W227BS Huntington, your flagship home of the Marshall Thundering Herd and The Drive with Paul Swan, ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930.